0: I'm Alex Staley, and this is Vision Vibes. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan's interview series, Direct Talk. When we talk about democracy, the first thing that usually comes to mind is voting. But really, checking a box on a ballot every few years is only the icing on a fragile and intricate cake. Democracy means that the state's power belongs to the people. In order for the people to exercise their power, they need to be informed. The people can't rule if they don't know what's going on in their country or who they're really voting for. In other words, freedom of expression and an independent free press are indispensable to democracy. And nobody knows this better than today's guest, Maria Ressa. Maria is the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize laureate. Perhaps more importantly, though, she is a renowned journalist living in the Philippines and is fighting with all her being to preserve her country's democratic institutions. Maria's mission has brought her to clash with a powerful government that doesn't like being criticized. Despite continuous threats to her livelihood and safety, she presses on. Why does Maria believe so strongly that it's worth putting herself in danger to bring independent journalism to the Philippines? Let's join narrator Gino Tani and find out on today's episode of Vision Vibes. Note that this interview was recorded before Maria was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize.
1: Media in the Philippines is facing a challenging situation. President Rodrigo Duterte has increased political pressure on the media. Press freedom. press freedom, press freedom, press freedom. how about our freedom? We have our freedom of expression. The license of one of the country's largest television networks was revoked by the allies of the president. Maria Ressa is a journalist living in the Philippines who has been involved in nearly two decades of investigative reporting. She overcame multiple arrests that included tax evasion to cyber libel when she founded an online news website called Rappler. Ressa refuses to be intimidated by threats and arrests for defending the freedom of the press in her country.
2: In all the time I had been working as a broadcast journalist, the reason I chose to come back to the Philippines after almost 20 years with CNN is because I was tired of just throwing stories into a black hole. I wanted to see the impact. And that's the metric that I wanted to measure, impact. And I also felt that if the ideas work, then technology will jumpstart development, could jumpstart development in the Philippines. So that automatically is the framework of Rappler, right? Communities of action, journalism is the food you feed the communities and that's how it's played out so far hello and welcome i'm maria Ressa. this is rappler talk we're sitting now with Davao mayor rudy duterte thank you for joining us
1: ressa is one of the most highly regarded journalists in the philippines she has been making critical coverage of rodrigo duterte she gained the attention globally for standing up to the government's pressure and being a vocal advocate of press freedom while building her own media.
2: Rappler was the creation of my ideal world. The dream was to put to put news in your pocket. Before it was, and I think what we did differently was before people had tripods, we actually like built, we asked a metal place to build uh, a, a housing for the phone. Um, we set it up on a tripod. We built our own portable lights. Like it was very heavy for our reporters. But at the beginning, before everyone came out with mobile journalism, we were the first to do that. And at the beginning, my, our peers would laugh. Because, you know, these are small cameras now, but it was like a sign of your macho-ness if you carry the heavy cameras. And so you would see our reporter with on a tripod talking to a phone. And they're the guys who were shooting, laughing at our reporter. And yet, the minute you shoot that, click, transmit, and it's live. Or you could do it live.
1: Ressa was born in Manila in 1963. She moved to the U.S. when she was just 10 years old. She graduated from Princeton University and decided to be a journalist. She returned to the Philippines in 2005 after decades of a successful career as an international journalist. She was recruited to lead the news department of the country's largest television network.
2: I learned news. I learned the standards and ethics. I learned how to control myself. But when I came home to the Philippines in you know, it was the end of 2004. And by 2005, I took over as the head of the largest news group in the Philippines. I was ready to build. I wanted to build something. And, um, and I was old enough to have real experience, but young enough to still want to work really hard. <laughs> you have to get young folks, right? Um, and young enough to still be idealistic. I'm old now but I'm still idealistic. It is very possible to be Filipino and retain your ideals. It is your choice, right? And I think that's the biggest message when I left ABS-CBN that people who compromise will always tell you you cannot get ahead if you don't compromise.
1: After five years of working at the network, Ressa decided not to renew her contract and leave the news organization.
2: When I left ABS-CBN, that was like in 2010, I went to write a book. And in writing that book, um, I realized that we could do a lot with this. What I wanted to do was to take the same mechanism, because remember the terrorists, the Abu Sayyaf, people who were kidnapping and then hostaging people were starting to use YouTube. That was in 2011. If the terrorists can use this new social media platforms to spread a very virulent ideology and radicalize, well, why can't the forces for good do that? So that was the idea behind Rappler, which is to really, I mean, our elevator pitch is we build communities of action.
1: In 2012, she started Rappler with three female journalists as co-founders. It began with a small team of 12 young reporters and developers. Rappler evolved into a major website to become one of the first news sources online in the Philippines with 100 journalists and more than 4 million followers. It has gained recognition for its hard-hitting, investigative style of journalism.
2: Welcome to Duterte, the wartime president.
1: In 2016, Rodrigo Duterte won the election and became president. He has a history of clashes with the media and increased pressure on coverage he felt were unfriendly to his administration. Roger, your uh, articles are ripe with in windows and pregnant with falsity. But since you are uh, a fake uh, news outlet, then. Uh, I am not surprised that your articles are also fake. Journalists critical of the current government felt the intimidation. They were told to withdraw their licenses. They also experienced verbal assaults and attacks on social
0: media.
2: I think our institutions collapsed within six months of President Duterte taking office. So we have the, we have a form of democracy without the checks and balances we have an executive that has consolidated power we see selective justice uh if you are an ally of the president it's okay we're generous if you're not well in my case i have had not 10 arrest warrants in less than two years for being a journalist
1: raffler began to feel the pressure from the administration when the news organization began exposing how pro-Duterte people were spreading fake news. Rappler also began reporting critically on the extrajudicial killings, human rights violations, and the death toll from Duterte's brutal war on drugs. The government charged Ressa and Rappler with tax fraud. They arrested Ressa in 2018. She turned herself in and challenged the allegations. She said it was an attempt to intimidate Rappler
2: Rappler is the third news group to be attacked. President Duterte just mimicked what the attacks in 2016 on social media were saying. So in 2016, journalist equals criminal attached to me and Rappler. 2017, President Duterte says the same thing. In 2018, the government files 11 cases against us. 2019, I have eight arrest warrants. I get arrested twice in a five-week period And then uh, I had to post bail in less than three months, eight times.
1: In 2018, Ressa was one of a group of journalists honored by Time magazine as person of the year. The magazine described Ressa and Rappler as fearless in their reporting of fake news on social media by President Duterte supporters.
2: I think the journey I've traveled is going from being a traditional broadcast journalist To someone who realizes that when you're in a battle for facts, journalism is activism and that this is the battle of our lives right now. When I was arrested and detained, forced to stay overnight in, well, that's, I just got angry because I realized they wanted to intimidate me to silence and I came out the next day to just really say You have to, you know, I don't have to talk to anyone else. I did nothing wrong. They were abusing their power. It is a violation of my rights. So in that sense, I know that I'm fighting both as a citizen and as a journalist. You want to be somewhere within reaching distance? Because I will come to you for propaganda.
1: Ressa became an icon of a Filipino journalist and an acclaimed filmmaker made a documentary film about her.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Maria Ressa. We are at the 2018 State of the Nation Address. Use the hashtag SONA 2018. The Rappler team is there.
1: A Thousand Cuts brings in a closer lens into the activities of Rappler on press freedom in the Philippines.
2: A Thousand Cuts meant that we can, we had someone independent documenting what we were going through. And it was perfect because I had no idea what the next day would bring.
1: Your concern is human rights. Mine is human life.
2: Wow. Wow. Because that meant, you know, if someone barges through the door, here we go, we're rolling, and it's not
0: us. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, so we're now here at traveller office, that we are here to express our outrage. And fight for our country. Yes.
1: Because they are destroying our country, and we're not going to sit here and let them
2: do it. Not being afraid doesn't mean you don't get scared, right? Like, be, not being afraid means you know how to handle the moments when you get scared. And I think that's what um, A Thousand Cuts captured. Everything they were also extra-added protection.
1: In 2020, Ressa, along with the former Rappler reporter, were charged with cyber libel. It's seen as a major test of press freedom under the present government. Maria appealed to fellow journalists to protect them and protect their rights.
2: If prison is what I'm supposed to deal with, then I have to embrace it and be okay. And then fight it. That's it. Otherwise, there's nothing else. So embrace the fear. Embrace the worst-case scenario. There are other worst-case scenarios. I've thought about them. But what I do today will determine what my tomorrow will be.
1: Ressa received a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize for 2021 for her brave attitude for the freedom of journalism. The nomination recognized that she is both a symbol and representative of thousands of journalists around the world. Ressa believes that freedom of the press is vital in Philippine democracy.
2: I think democracy is really being tested. This is 2021 will determine so much of uh, our future collectively, our global future. I do look forward. And again, we look to build what we want, the future we want. So even in the middle of of a pandemic of this lockdown, we rolled out a new tech platform. It's called Lighthouse, the beacon. And it is a platform that redefines what news distribution is and combines it with community. So we build communities of action. This is the tech part of what we've been saying since we began. So a decade from now, when I look back, I want to know that I did everything I could. And I have, you know. um, And I say this, sometimes I joke about it. You know, I have skin in the game. That's okay, right? In a way, it's better, it's me, because I'm old, you <laughs> so know. I've like I've spent my entire career getting ready to protect the principles that I have said I live by. So you don't really know who you are until you're forced to defend it, and that's a choice every Filipino has to make. I've made my choice. I think I say this all the time: uh, the only way. You can live by your values. You can protect democracy is to speak, right? Silence is complicity. If you see something being done that is wrong right in front of you, in your area of influence, you should speak, prevent it. If each one of us prevents the wrong from happening in our area of influence, then you stitch them all together. That's what makes a democracy work. If you do not speak when your rights are violated, if you allow it, if you voluntarily give up your rights, then maybe you didn't really deserve them.
0: Silence is complicity. This was a hard one for me because honestly, when I'm not safely sitting behind a microphone in a recording studio, I find it hard to speak up. Plus, I grew up in Switzerland, which is pretty famous for its neutrality. But Maria reminds us that being uncomfortable in a democracy is normal. When millions of people come together to form a common society, there are bound to be disagreements. How we resolve our differences defines the type of society we become. Our modern world is built for comfort, so it's easy to delegate uncomfortable tasks to others. But we can't delegate the role of upholding democracy to the Maria Ressas of the world. Her Nobel Peace Prize reminds us that just because she's willing to put her life on the line doesn't mean that we can allow her to do so alone. When Maria takes to her megaphone to denounce those willing to tear down democracy, the rest of us have a moral obligation. We need to be standing right there beside her. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I've been Alex Delay. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.